In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Sammy Sage I'm having a relationship with my pizza and Aileen Drexler I'm gonna make you girls a hump day treat in a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram just doing my workout Tuesday's arms and back but feels anything but in real life is butter a carb? yes this is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie from people who understand the struggle I am on the third day of my cleanse diet Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Sammy. And I'm Aileen. And today we are joined by truly one of my favorite people on the internet. And I'm sure yours too. Or if she's not yet, hopefully she will be soon. It is Tinks, the one and only. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really, this is literally the best way to start my day. I I cannot tell you how many messages I've gotten being like, I can't believe you're going to be on this podcast me and my friends have been followers of you guys for so long. So this is a total honor and such a big moment. And I'm thrilled to be here. We're excited to have you. Can you first tell everybody, at least tell me where, like, because your name is Christina, right? <laughs> I, my real name is Christina. Yes. So the real story is that when I was 11, I wasn't that confident. And then I watched this movie um, called All I Want to Do. It's a random Kirsten Dunst movie about an all-girls school. It's an incredible film. You need to watch it. And in the movie. Sh- in the movie, there's this really um, like fun, confident girl named Tinka Parker. And so I came back to school that summer after that summer. And I was like, guys, like I have an alter ego now. It's Tinka Parker. Like when I'm her, I'm kind of a lot, kind of a Sasha Fierce moment, if you will. And uh, slowly more and more, I just started kind of becoming that girl. And my friends just started calling me Tinka Parker, Tinka. And then it got turned to Tinks. And that's the real story. It's so random, but I've literally, that's been my nickname for 20 years now. So everybody apart from my mom and my lawyer calls me Tinks and like <laughs> one random friend. Um, and, or if I'm in trouble, my friends will be like Christina. But um, yeah, that's the, that's the, the story on my name. That's shadily a great movie. I remember that. They're like it, in boarding school, right? A phenomenal movie. Yeah. It's about like girl power, um, all girls school. I went to an all girls school my whole life. And then I was president of my sorority. So I'm very much in that space and absolutely loved it. And it's, it's my favorite. Okay. So, I mean, I feel like I've been following you on your like TikTok rise, but can you tell, I mean, for, for anyone who might not have, have been blessed with finding you yet, can you tell everyone kind of like how you got here? What were you doing before? And like, you know, I know you grew up in London, which is like very interesting also. So yeah, just like tell us kind of like what brought you here. Absolutely. So I grew up in London. My parents are American. That's why I don't have an accent. But I I moved to London when I was six months old. Um, Lived there my whole life. Was always super obsessed with moving to the States. Um, And then I went to Stanford for undergrad. Loved it. Best four years of my life. I, I mean, I, 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 in dabble. 
I dabble. I dabble. Um, dabble in intelligence. <laughs> I used to be before I like literally killed all, killed all my brain cells um, with alcohol. That. But, um, <laughs> That's how I feel. Yeah. I. <laughs> so then after Stanford, I worked at Gap Inc. for three years and doing buying and marketing and and merchandising. Um, and then I worked at Poshmark for a year. And then I went back to grad school um, in New York. I went to Parsons for a master's in fashion journalism because the whole time I was working in corporate, I was freelance writing. And that was when I was most happy. So I was freelance writing for sites like Teen Vogue and Refinery and Pop Sugar. And I would write silly articles that was, you know, things like I went on a date with a new guy every week for a year and this is what happened. Or I matched up my lunar cycle with my workouts and this is the outcome. Like, I love being the human guinea pig and I also love, I'm fine to be the butt of the joke as long as I get to tell the story. And so that is, that's what I loved. And so I was like, okay, maybe I'll go to New York. I'll, I'll work more on the journalism thing. The whole time I was in school, I was writing and editing for websites and magazines, but I really didn't settle in New York. I miss California. Um, so after I was done with that, I moved back to LA and I was consulting and freelance writing. And then the pandemic hit and I obviously no one wanted articles about like what leggings you should wear based on your Zodiac sign. Um, so <laughs> I <laughs> wasn't really working that much. And I was also like living alone in a studio apartment above a strip club. So times were dark for me. Um, and, and I was like, you know, I, I'm loving TikTok as a platform, but I do see a little bit of white space in terms of what I, of what kind of content is on there. You know, I see all these dancing videos and I do see some comedy videos, but nobody's talking about celebrities that much. Nobody is doing social commentary and I'm a millennial and I feel like I just felt like there was more space to do millennial content. So I was like, I have nothing to lose at this point. There's literally nothing in my day. So I made some TikToks. And from the moment that I made my first video, I was like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. And it has been a wild almost year since. And here we are. That is that is crazy. Did you ever have that feeling like before TikTok that you like were fulfilling any sort of like purpose that was good for you? You know, I think I I had great jobs in my 20s and I had a lot of happy times. But I think I've said this before, but I think your 20s are really mismarketed era where people, you know, make you feel like you need to have it all figured out. And especially for me, a lot of my peers are, uh, I mean, all of my peers were incredibly smart at Stanford and most of them went off to work for Google and Twitter and Facebook and, you know, get married at 27 and get the house in the suburbs. And and that is just, um, you know, that's not everybody's path. And that is, that's okay. I only ever felt that amazing feeling when I was writing and when I would get responses, when people would email me or DM, DM me and be like, Hey, your piece like really hit home for me. And I was like, that's a really good feeling, but never on the level of when I started TikTok. And and they say, when you know, you know, and I've always been that way too. Sometimes I'm a little like late to the party, finding my thing and finding my happiness and my, and my niche. But when I find it, it's so clear to me, I'm very decisive. So I have never felt, um, the amount of joy that I feel on a day-to-day basis now doing this. I'm truly so grateful for everything that's happening. And um, I'm just really happy. Like, I mean, that cliched phrase, if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I was like, that's lying. Whoever made that up is a big fat liar. And that's not true because I feel it now and I love it. And I, I don't feel like it's work. I'm like, wow, I get to make people laugh every day. And that's wonderful. Are there any like negatives or anything like pressures of now, now that you have 
this <laughs> and um do you feel like there's any pressure like in terms of how you look or what you say or what you do and like do you feel responsibility having a platform like is there anything that now is there a downside to all of that for sure there's you know there's always nothing is all good or all bad um I think maybe like six months into it, I had a really hard time with some negative comments really hit me hard. It was just, it was right around the holidays. I think it was also super homesick because I haven't been able to go home to England because of Corona. Um, And I, it really hit me hard. And I had a couple weeks where I was just really struggling, but um, I go to therapy. I have an incredible therapist and we worked through it and we made a plan and I actually feel way better about that now. But yeah, I mean, I think with great, with it, with a, the bigger your platform is the bigger responsibility you have too. So that's something that I'm navigating every day and, and trying to do my best. I think for me, I think my followers know that I'm so new to this and I didn't necessarily have a plan coming into it. So I try to be super open with them in terms of doing my best and using my platform for good and, and sharing the right things and, and bringing, um, you know, attention to the, to the issues at hand. And, and I just try to be really open with not only what I'm thinking, but also my thought process. Like, this is why I'm sharing this. And am I going to get it wrong? Absolutely. But for me, like being open with my community is of the utmost importance. And so I think that that makes it easier, but yeah, I mean, for sure there's negatives. The one thing I'll say is that like TikTok and Instagram are completely different. We grew up in the era of Instagram where it's like, Oh, like you're, you need to look perfect and and you're on vacation with your boyfriend and you're putting up a picture and like, everything's fine. Um, and TikTok is very much like, I just got out of the shower and I have acne, but I was thinking this thought. So I, I made a video about it. I say all the time, thank God I didn't build my platform looking hot. Like I, in the early days, I looked uglier than ever. I was like literally in Corona wearing glasses, like frizzy hair. And I was just like kind of having fun with it. And so now that's what everybody's used to. So I'm like, this is me. And now it's like, if I do put on makeup, people are like tanks. Whoa. Like, which is perfect for me. Cause I hate wearing makeup and I never do. So <laughs> yeah, it is so like, it is so interesting because I feel like back in the day, Instagram was just purely about how like perfect you could make your images yep. mm-hmm. and you just like work really hard but not really though like before that though it was very insta like it was oh. instagram oh, yeah. like originally it was very like raw and but that's before people knew how to use it yeah but like but that doesn't matter that's what the original intention of the platform was and then it the more people join the more the more curation happened that's when everybody was like wow i need to look perfect and then all the face tuning happened and then all like the ridiculousness happened and then so i think that that's where it opened up the opportunity for like snapchat where it like truly was in the moment and also now TikTok. So, but I agree now, like it's definitely so much less refined on TikTok and and better for like, especially the younger generation too, because there's a lot less to um, constantly compare yourself to. I don't feel like anyone's like judging me on TikTok, but what I like, what I like what you do on your like Instagram is the transparency is the like, this is what I'm thinking. Here's like what I like, here are some projects I really want to get like, for an example, like you would never really see like something Navy having been that open with her followers about something like that and showing them like behind the scenes, like how does she get a brand deal? Like what are these unboxings for? Yeah. 
But I, um, well, I think people yeah. find it interesting, and that, and I think that it's it's a it's a job that's been shrouded in mystery, and I think that I think that that's why people. I, I don't consider myself an influencer, but I think that that's why it's become such a dirty word because people don't really understand the mechanics of it. So I think if I can shed light on it in, in any way, that is helpful just because like so many of the DMs I get are like, how does the PR thing work? And and I realize that so many people don't get it. They're like, no, literally explain how do they get your address? How do you think about that? And and it is complex, right? It's, it, it is weird to, to you know, I, I struggle with that all the time. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I don't want to accept anything that I'm not actually interested in trying, but then I feel bad saying no to brands. Then, you know, I, I, so I like to share all that because I don't think that they know. And then if people have more visibility to things, then they don't feel like it's so strange or they don't think it's such a like a foreign concept so i mean the more you know just they can trust you yeah it feels like cat food has been the same forever smelly boring made of mystery ingredients that's why you've got to try smalls smalls cat food is protein packed recipes made with preservative free ingredients you'd find in your fridge and it's delivered right to your door make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love we actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat it comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh, protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. So obviously I love when you talk about like mental health and body image on your platform. So I would just love to like for you to tell us like kind of how you overcame some of those struggles. Like when you moved to LA, did that change kind of like how you thought about health and and body image and that kind of thing? My God, when I got to LA, I will be honest, I had a, oh, it was bad. I had like a breakdown. I got here and I, I mean, for everybody who doesn't live in LA or maybe hasn't visited, every single person is beautiful and every single person has a perfect body and it is on another level, which is insane because I came from New York, okay, which is known to be one of the most glamorous cities in the world with women who take amazing care of themselves. When I got to LA, I was like, oh, what is this now? And it was really terrifying. And I'll admit for a couple months, I was like, well, I guess I got to get liposuction. I guess I got to start saving up for that and also a BBL. And I guess I need a 
a chin implant as well. Um, but my my girlfriend has this term she she has which is she calls it the fever like when girls move to LA they get the fever where they're like I have to become like this I have to become like this and I really credit her because she was like Tinks wait six months she was like I promise you wait six months and you're going to be like okay this is a crazy town but I don't need to change myself and she was completely right um yeah LA is a really nuts town people care a lot about what they look like I I mean it's been such an interesting year for me I you know I turned 30 last year and I moved to LA and I kind of, my platform started to grow all at the same time. So it's hard to kind of decipher what influenced what, but I will say last year I stopped hating myself. Like I really just stopped, you know, it just kind of all came together and I was like, I'm actually not going to speak badly to myself anymore. Life is too short and I'm, I'm done with that portion of my life. And I try so hard to, tell my followers what I think helped me get there because I know as women, so many of us go through that. And my only wish is that my followers do that earlier because I wish it didn't take me till I'm 30. But at the same time, I think you kind of have to come to it in your own way and and just get there on your own. But um, So how'd you stop hating yourself? <laughs> yeah, you need the experience of your 20s of hating yourself to stop hating yourself. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think I think you're right. And I think you know, it's sometimes it's hard to talk about because it's not like, oh, I did X, Y, Z. And that's what led me to this. It's more just like you reach a point where you're like, I'm so tired of of speaking negatively to myself and, and so much of my mind share, you know, criticizing myself when I look in the mirror. And then, you know, the, the hope is that you also get to a point in your life where you're like, I have better things to think about than my thighs. Like I just... Life is really short and I'm working on cool projects and I just would rather think about them or my amazing friends or my goals or whatever than think about my thighs. And do I have days where I'm like, oh my God, like what is going on? Of course, everybody does. But it's just a shift from that being the most important thing or like how I determine my worth that day. So you talk a lot about how like getting in a routine really helped you, which is something that like I personally really struggle with implementing, but I know how helpful it is. How did you, I know you're like a creative type also. So like possibly doesn't, you know, come as naturally to be like as structured. Um, how did you like get that to become a regular thing for yourself? Routine, honestly, is the only thing that helps my mental health and when it keep it in check. Um, and it's hard to get going, but to, for me to see the results, I am just 1 million percent calmer. My anxiety is way better when I get in a routine and it's not sexy and it's, 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 it's difficult to implement. It's not sexy to implement. And it's, and it's a, a daily, it, you know, you have to put in effort, but I do think that it picks up steam once you've been doing it for a while and just small things, no matter what come hell or high water that I do every day, it just transformed my mental health. And I feel so, so much better. Um, and, you know, to your point about being creative, it, it, it it's almost like that is the only <laughs> structured thing in my life. Um, and it's really only like my mornings that I need, but the rest of my life is complete chaos, like utter chaos. I, I act like I'm a 17-year-old boy. My house looks like I'm a 17-year-old boy. I I'm, don't have any control over my my taxes or my parking tickets. Or like Everything is chaos. But every morning I wake up, I dry brush, I drink a liter of water, I walk to get a coffee, I listen to the news for five minutes, um, 
I write a few things down on my journal or my phone and I have to do that. But then all bets are off. Then it's like, what are we doing? Are we going to Disneyland? Like, am I going to film a video? (laughs) Is there like a random dog in my house? Like what's going on? But if I have the morning, I'm okay. And I don't even start making content until like eight at night. So I need, I just need the morning and it really helps my anxiety like majorly. So was it hard to get yourself to do it? You know, in the beginning, yes. But then I think at some point you just reach a point in your life where you're like, I I need to do this for myself. Like it's an investment and the ROI is going to be incredible. So um, it's, it's worth this. I can do this one thing. And I always tell people like, if you are trying to make a change in your life, don't pick 40 things. Don't be like, well, tomorrow I'm getting up at six. I'm becoming a vegan and I'm going to be a marathon runner. Like pick one thing. Be like, okay, like I'm going to work on drinking three liters of water every day for a month and just do that. Like literally pick one specific small thing and work on it. And once that feels good, you can add another small thing, but start really small. Like that's even a lot for some people. Just, just start small. Yeah, I agree. I, this last summer, I, especially like in the pandemic, I found like routine is a form of like self-care as long as you're not obsessive over it <laughs> because yeah. once the obsession comes in and like the compulsion of like, oh my God, I didn't do this. Like now my whole life is ruined. I feel like it is a form of self-care as long as you're just like pretty compassionate um, with yourself. I have a question about like confidence. Mm-hmm. So I know and you talked about body image in LA and I mean, I think that a big part of your platform is, or at least from our perspective, like the way that you're perceived is pretty confident. And Sammy and I talk about confidence in this podcast a lot and how it's different than self-esteem. Do you actively work on being confident? Is it fake it till you make it? What's, what's it like from your end? I think I wasn't always confident. Now it's not something that I necessarily have to work on every day, just to be honest with you. But when I got to Stanford, I was not that confident. I I think I was just really exhausted by the high school experience. And I went to an all girls school and I, so I didn't have it with a uniform. And then I like moved to Cal. So think I was like in England in a strict all girls school with a uniform. And then I go to California and it's like the first time I'm with boys and whatever. and, And it's this crazy, like fun, totally different environment. And I was like, whoa, I don't necessarily know how to be in this situation. But I was like, also, nobody really knows who I am. So I'm just going to pretend to be confident and try it on for size and kind of see if it sticks. And it did. And I and I do think fake it till you make it is a very helpful trick for people. Like literally pretending, looking in the mirror before you go to a meeting or a date and just being like, this is an acting exercise. I'm going to pretend to be confident and just trick your mind and fake it till you make it is, is what are some, what are some ways to like, like practical tips for faking confidence? Like, okay, going to the mirror is a good one and saying like, what do you say? I, I would just say you're really, sometimes you do have to hype yourself up and it sounds a little bit ridiculous and preachy <laughs> to say it to you guys. But like, sometimes you have to say to yourself, like, I'm going to crush this job interview. Like literally say it not in a cheesy way, but just feel it. Oh, another good trick that I think, um, one of my therapists taught me was like, close your eyes and imagine the feeling of like getting the job or killing the presentation or having an amazing date. Like feel like you just got home and they told you, you got it. And just like sit in that space for a second. And that can help you click into the mindset of like, 
it's not winning, but just like being confident and just being, you know, playing as if the odds are in your favor. Um, and that really helps me sometimes. Like I'll close my eyes if I'm thinking about a goal or something and I'll be like, I'll imagine it done and live in that space. And that helps me get in the right mindset. You know, I think that actually um, is interesting because the the thing that hurts the confidence is, I mean, you're thinking about something before you go and do an interview or do anything, like do a story on Instagram. You The the way that we sort of are, think like by program is the negative. We think, oh, what, what are people going to think of me? What um, They're going to talk shit about me. Um, I'm not going to get the interview. I'm going to come off stupid. So like, it's really just changing what the other end is from the negative to the positive. It's the same, it's the same, like, it's the same pathway. It's just one to the right, one to the left. Completely. And you're, and you're just, you're future tripping. You're like, you know, we don't know. I do love that phrase. We plan and God laughs. Like we honestly have no idea like what is going to happen. So I love that one. It's just like, you have to, you know, the other thing is, um, I think as you get older, this is really hard to accept until you feel it. But like, nobody is thinking about us as much as we think about us. Literally. <laughs> right. nobody. And I feel like my whole twenties, I was like, Oh my God, like I gained a pound all of Stanford notice and is talking about me. And it's like, bro, literally nobody thinks about us. Like actually nobody, it's only us in, in, in both ways, like good and bad, like nobody's thinking about us. And so I think that like really internalizing that and realizing that if you misspoke in a meeting or you like feel ugly that day literally you're the only one who noticed and really reminding yourself that is great just like I always am like check my ego at the door girl no one is thinking about you and then I'm like okay we're good yeah right something that something that sort of helped me with like those interactions when I feel like I'm awkwardly like approaching an interaction or like I don't feel like great about who I am in that space something that I like start something that I noticed helped me not feel that way as much like at all to start out with is like once I sort of figured out like who I was I didn't have to like go into every every interaction like who am I going to be in this interaction yeah. or like what am I going to sh- what am I trying to make them think I am because then it's like okay I'll just do the interaction and like if it works it works if it doesn't then like uh, then we move on. Like, it's just sort of, yeah. Um, but it, it takes like, I think a little bit of like showing who you are and then taking the, you know, taking the feedback. Completely. Yeah. And I think, I think in our, you know, younger twenties, we're often trying on like different versions of ourselves for size to your point. You're like, Oh, am I going to be the funny, loud, dominant one today? Or am I going to be like the intellectual one today? And then once you're like, more settled in the version of yourself as to your point you're just kind of like i'm gonna be myself and if it doesn't work that's okay because that's who i am and that can help a lot too do you ever get um so like obviously you reveal a lot about yourself like do you ever get like we get on this podcast we call it a vulnerability hangover um when we like share something do you feel do you get that For sure. I mean, I literally every day I'm like, why did I say that? (laughs) Right. It's like, why do they all know this now? (laughs) Yeah. And I I forget like how much I've told people. And it sometimes it can be really um, wild because I'm I I realize like how many people know about my life now. And it's it's really trippy. But, uh, you know, 
at the end of the day, I've committed to this level of transparency. And and I will say people always ask me like, oh, does it feel weird to like tell people about your life? And it honestly doesn't for me, which is another marker of how I know this is what I'm supposed to do. Like it honestly feels really natural for me to overshare to millions of people every day. But yeah. <laughs> sometimes I am like, you could have skipped that one, Tinks. Like you could have just, yeah, you could have just reeled that in a little bit but that's what my manager is for he's like will call me and be like please take down that story and I'm like okay <laughs> what's, what's an example of something that you felt like extremely hungover in terms of your vulnerability not drinking <laughs> um well I I mean last year I was in a situation where I was I was see- kind of sleeping with my best guy friend in lockdown and I ended up telling the blog about it like and when I confess my feelings for him. I was sitting in the car and I was sobbing and I took out my phone to film myself and I filmed myself crying and like, you know, kind of sorted myself out. And then I was sitting there editing my video and I was like, I'm at a crossroads. Like, uh, you know, that was still pretty new into it. I probably had 200,000 followers on TikTok, but people were invested. And I was like, I am really at a crossroads here. Like, am I going to post this video of me crying? And I did. And you know, for a little bit, I was like, whoa, like, why did I do this? Like, I just posted a video of myself sobbing. And it like, of course, that was the video that like went viral or whatever. And so for a couple of days, I was like, I feel like this is really weird of me. And I don't know why I did that. And now I can't go back. But now I look back and I'm so glad that I did. And I have get so many messages about it saying it inspired other people to be honest and vulnerable about their feelings. So I didn't really answer your question because yeah. I, I'm glad that I did that. But yeah. that was a moment where I was like, whoa. No, I and think, yeah. I think that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. that's a big like, one. You know, when my mom called me and she was like, you know, she doesn't understand the TikTok vibe. She's like, this is really like, you can, she was basically PMI. like, she's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, you can never go back from this. Like it's, 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 and it's true. And, and a couple of my friends were like, you've clearly made a choice. And I was like, yeah, I have. And I'm, I'm glad of that choice. I don't regret it for a second, but it was definitely a turning point for me where I was like, this is, a, I'm at my lowest state, like not really about the crying, but like about being so sad about this situation, feeling so upset and, and just being like, this is where I'm at. And, but I, again, I, I don't regret it. And, and I, and I love the close bond that I have with my followers because of the level of vulnerability that I operate at with them. Yeah, people really write into you like with really cute things and like you write nice, like really helpful things back to them. How has it affected your um your friendships? And like, I mean, even like your friendship with that guy, that's probably its own story. But like, how did it affect your friendships once they saw that you were like putting everything out there? Like your real friends, not your, you know. You know, my real friends, um, like my college friends, my close friends are honestly so wonderful and supportive of me. And they feel like, they all say that I was meant for this, which is so nice. And they're, they all know how happy I am and, and how natural this feels for me. And my guy friends, I was with them the other night and they were like, Tinks, you've literally been training for this. They were like, being an influencer is kind of like being the president of a sorority, but just like a really big sorority because you're kind of the same. You like to, like telling these girls what to do. You like to help them. You're very protective over them. You you want to spend all your time with them. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right in a way. That's kind of what it's like. Um, but they're, they're really, really supportive. And I think um, they know that right now I'm at a place in my life where I'm just like this, my career is so important to me. And that there was times in the past where they were working really hard and, you know, 
you know, everybody's at different places in their life, but they're, they're wonderful. And they, um, they think that this suits me perfectly. So it's nice to have them in my corner. You're like president of sorority, but you don't have to worry about anyone getting too drunk at formal or getting kicked yeah. off campus. Now or- I'm like, yeah, go have another margarita, like for yeah. sure. Like send me a picture. But I love it. I mean, I mean, I can't, I can't emphasize enough how much I love it. Like when I, when, when people send me pictures of them, like having a margarita or like they're listening to my playlist or they're wearing something that I, that I wore, like I, I love it in the most, in a way that I didn't think was possible to love people that I've never met before um which has been like the most unexpected thing I think but I I I truly truly love it this episode is brought to you by Newly. have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff I have a solution for you Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there. And I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y dot com and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Before we move on to a game that we have planned for you, um, I'm really excited to play this game with you. Um, We want to talk about because last night um, Demi Lovato posted something on her story that immediately made me think of you because I now associate the big chill frozen yogurt in L.A. with you because you go there all the time. Um, And so basically, I'll just explain this for the sake of the listeners. If you weren't following, she posted a story about how she went into the big chill, which is like a popular froyo place. Right. Mm -hmm. I think I've actually been there. And she I took screenshots of it. She started with. Finding it extremely hard to order Froyo from the Big Chill official when you have to walk past tons of sugar-free cookies, other diet foods before you get to the counter. Do better, please. Hashtag diet culture vultures. Um, okay. Then some. Then they responded to her via DM. We are not diet vultures. We cater to all of our customers' needs for the past 36 years. We are sorry you found this so offensive. And she wrote back, and then we'll get to the combo about it. Not just that, your service was terrible, so rude. The whole experience was triggering and awful. You can carry things to other people while also catering for another percentage of your customers who struggle daily just to even step foot in your store. You can find a way to provide an inviting environment for all people with different needs, including eating disorders. One of the deadliest mental illnesses only second to opioid overdoses. Don't make excuses, just do better. And then she sent some more quite aggressive messages about how they should change the labeling of snacks to be for like celiac or diabetes or vegans rather than being like, I guess, sugar or fat free. So let's get your take first. 
Because we talk a lot about like diet culture and obviously those types of things on here. So just practically, um, this is someone who has 102 million followers on Instagram. And for the listeners who don't know, Big Chill is a family-owned independent um, business that it's been in LA for many years. Family run and operated. Um, So I think, I mean, just in terms of um, responsibility, I do think that that level of an attack on a business with the sheer power that she holds is, is a little upsetting in a way. Um, You know, that can cause extreme harm. And, you know, if, if things played out in a way that could, that could end a business. Let me just put it that Mm -hmm. way. So that's, that's one side of things. Secondly, um, you know, if you cannot walk through an ice cream store and see a sugar-free candy without being really deeply triggered, then I send love, deep love to you. But I do think that more healing needs to happen because I, I don't know if we can call out a store for offering options for a wide array of people. Um, it, it just, to me, the, that connection is very, very muddy. Um, like I watched her documentary. I feel for her. She's obviously going through a lot, but this does not make any sense to me. And I think if we're getting to a place where businesses are being attacked for offering sugar-free candy, we are going to a scary place. I think it's just the wrong, it's like the energy was thwarted or like misdirected. Like, I think it was a good opportunity maybe to bring up a conversation to ask her followers, like, does this trigger you? Like, maybe not even specifically calling out Big Chill. Like, when you walk into a store, does this hurt you? Like, maybe she can, like, start a movement without specifically trying to take down. Because. Yeah, but then go after Diet Coke. Literally. Yeah, exactly. Like, any. By the way, I don't, I love Diet Coke. I'm like, please don't go after it. I love Diet Coke. But like, but if you're going to do it, like, then that maybe is a better place to start than randomly attacking this. Like what the the crazy thing is, is that it's an ice cream shop. So it's like, how is this adding to diet culture when they're, they're just offering these treats? Because, you know, some people also literally cannot have sugar because they're diabetic. My dad can't have sugar. He eats sugar-free candy. It is not because he's on a diet. Um, so, you know, and, the, and I was reading some of the comments last night and, and they were, a lot of people were like, I love that they have these options because I can have a treat too, even though I, I'm not able to eat the froyo, which has sugar in it. So it's like, I don't know. It, it to me, was out of left field, super aggressive yeah. and not a, a well-placed uh, energy you know when like you kind of want to start a fight with like your significant other because you're just like in a bad mood it felt like that but on a scale that could like really really harm sort of a random business like maybe people in LA know it but like I don't think most people know it and it's like it felt like she was lashing out at them because she felt like a lot of pain that she just needs to like get off like there's something so random about it totally and and that's what I mean when I say like First and foremost, I'm sending her love because I think that this is not that that was not, you know, coming from a person who 
is, I, I mean, it just didn't make any sense. And I think you're, I think that's a great analogy. It's just like when you want to pick a fight and take it out on someone, I, I, I have never been paid by Big Chill. I just simply love them. I've, you know, I DM them all the time. They are lovely people. They are family owned. I love, I love it there. I went there on my first night that I moved to LA because I just, it's so cute and it always brings me a lot of joy. Um, it's a really happy place and I just feel really badly for them. I mean, I was literally, it's now it's, it's on the daily mail today. And it's like, this is a family again. I don't know how many times to say it. Like it's is a family owned ice cream shop. Like, right. and, and just like not, this isn't saying being shady to, to um, Demi Lovato at all, but like, I, I really just sometimes I'm concerned with where we're going in terms of like the trying to cancel random things, like more on a bigger scale. Yeah. It, it's a family owned ice cream shop. Like, it's also like the nature of ha struggling with mental health and then being like susceptible to triggers is that they're not things that don't happen. The idea of being triggered is that quote unquote normal things that like are not affect like don't affect other people might affect you because right. of the mental health struggle that you have. So it's like right. there's no way to remove all triggers from the world. That's never happening. Completely. So it's like you have to kind of figure out how to be in the presence of of triggers like and then just, use yeah but then use your platform to change it if you if you believe that they're like diet culture vultures is a great hashtag but it's not but not using it as a way to attack like random businesses <laughs> for something that like every business does like every grocery store carries sugar-free food that's what i was gonna say every grocery store has it like and again, Diet Coke, it literally has diet in the word of the drink. Like it's, it, it, I think you make a great point, Sammy. Like it, it's not about, we can't remove every trigger from the word. Like when we say, oh, that's a, that's a trigger for that person. It's so that that person can be aware of it. And if they need to, they can avoid it. At, like it, if they're having a struggle that day. Um, but we can't, we're not, it's not possible and it's not a realistic or, or good goal for us to try and remove every trigger because everybody's triggers are, are different. Maybe right. a diabetic is triggered if there isn't sugar-free candy, you know? Right. So, like, an, it's not like her, the scenario, what happens, like she got there and the, and the salesperson was like, wow, you're a bit bigger. You should try the sugar-free. Like it was, that's, that to me is worth calling out. Like that is bad, but yeah. just being there <laughs> as an option. It's like you went to the store. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Wild. I, I mean, I think we all agree. And I, I, there is a really good thread about it in our um, diet search spiral Facebook group, too, that like there's and then they were calling out all the other places. Like go to a grocery store. The entire ice cream aisle is like hundred calorie. Right. The candy aisle has sugar free candy. It's just it's all over. Now we have a fun game. It's called the Air One. I say, am I saying that right? Erwan? Erwan, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. perfect. Because we don't have that here in New York. Erwan trivia game. Since you are obsessed with Erwan, if anybody who follows you knows, um, we are going to ask you some trivia oh, about Erwan. We obviously had to find the answers because we don't have them. Um, but we have the answers and it's going to be very fast. So just go, okay? Okay. <laughs> Seven questions. Awesome. Sammy, ready? Go. Do you know why they call it Erewhon? It's it's uh, nowhere oh, scrambled. You got it. Ding 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 <laughs> yeah. ding. 
How much is an Air One Just Greens juice? $14. Nine. Nine. Okay, wow. Okay, okay. So cheap, well, so cheap. I mean, yeah, wow, it's discounted <laughs> compared to 14. Yeah. Um, okay, go. What is an Erewhon's favorite coconut dream smoothie? It's like coconut meat, coconut water, maybe a maybe a vegan, maybe a vegan protein. Um Kefir, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm messing. You're close. Up. Yeah, you got two of them. You got um coconut meat and coconut water. Coconut water. Well, yeah, the name it, gave it away. All right, I failed. Honestly, it sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. It's coconut water, almond milk, kale, coconut meat, dates, cinnamon, and bananas. Like I want that. Yum! Oh my god, yum. Where are the frozen foods located at the Air One Beverly? Um, they're near located the in the. If you walk down the aisle, they're all the way at the end to the left. Ding, ding, ding. You got it right. I I, I literally live there. Wait, we thought you would do well with this game, which is why, like, we wanted to make it, like, a little challenging, but, like, also maybe you could get them. (laughs) Okay. Name the pizza crust options at Erwan. Keto, uh, cauliflower, whole wheat. Um, It depends which one, because it's Santa Monica. They actually have the pizzeria. Um, And maybe there's a spinach one. Close, yeah, because it is green. We'll give this broccoli. Oh, it's broccoli. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I've never heard of broccoli crust. Gotta go to LA. Good, honestly, it's really good. We need an arrow. I know. I I want want an arrow. What is the tank smoothie? What's uh, what's in it? Almond milk, unsweetened cacao, toffee, stevia, chia, ice, banana, avocado. That yeah, sounds no, good. That wasn't part of the questions. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to know. <laughs> okay. Um, what is this? Is hard, I mean, you might know it though. What is the new drink that was released April 2nd at the tonic bar called? And I have a hint. It is there's some pink in it. It well, it was originally the Ellie Matcha, but now it's the Piata Matcha. Yeah, the Pattaya Lavender Matcha. Yes. Yeah, I, know, I can't speak. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what Pattaya is. Yeah. Oh, this is very impressive. Yeah. Okay, last one. And I feel like if you got, we okay. haven't been keeping score, but I feel like you probably won. Aileen, you go. Okay, the second, okay, last one. The second season of what TV show is supposedly you, based and off in you is called Anavrin. Yes, you got it. Yes. No, I'm literally, it's, it's, it's a weird oh. obsession. Like, I'm obsessed. Are you embarrassed? Like, People are literally yeah. calling me the Air One Girl now, and I'm like, "That's me." So I, I love it. I'm there. Are worse brands you could be associated with, honestly. So yeah. sweet. I love them. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. I love the game, guys. Thank you. We wanted, we wanted you to feel like you um, could win the game, honestly, I love and that. you did love, a great job. I love a break game in my favor. Yeah, <laughs> you did a great job. <laughs> um well yeah thank you so much for this this has been awesome thanks for joining us where can people follow you you know get your smoothie obviously we know but i um, am on every platform i-t-s m-e-t-i-n-x please follow me for good times guys this was absolutely incredible thank you for having me on i'm honored and it was so fun chatting with you it is so mutual please come back literally anytime be a friend of friend of DST, DST fan <laughs> member. Great. 
And everyone follow Diet Stars Tomorrow at Diet Stars Tomorrow. Email us DST at Betches.com. Follow me, at Aileen, Sammy, at Sammy. And we're always with you. Through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong and Sean Kilby. Social media by Sydney Rafe. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.